0: Blog Talk Radio Hello everyone. Welcome to Coffee Chat with Camille. I am chatting a bit already with our magnificent guest, Damien White. The name of our show today is What is a Path to Healing? Poetry and Art. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest right now. Damien is actually from Columbus, Ohio. He is the author of the poetry book, I Made a Place for You, which is his debut collection. After battling two bouts with homelessness, he channeled those experiences into poetry to heal a fractured identity. He has left something for all of you in my description area, so I need you to go there. So that you can go to his website and see all of the the ebook links, his social media links, merch links, and also please sign up with the author. Okay, everyone. Um, we're going to go ahead and welcome Damian. Welcome, welcome, Damian. Thank you for coming to Coffee Chat with Camille's show.
1: Hi, Camille. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> Such a pleasure. Thank you for being here again. Um, I do want to start off asking... We're uh, right here. Just, excuse me. I'm sorry. I have so many questions for you, but I only have so much time. We do 30 minutes, and then I would love to have you back on season three. But... Uh, one of the questions is, um, what does your book title, I Made a Place for You, mean?
1: That's a phenomenal question. Um, so <laughs> the book really, um, for me, was a place where I could explore topics that I was curious about and I hadn't found a another avenue to explore. Um, so, you know, there are things, topics like grief and death and depression and identity and self-discovery, um, nature, questions of religion, and some of those things um, aren't the best like brunch table talk, right? So you don't necessarily invite your mm-hmm. friends out and say, "Hey, let's go to brunch and talk about purgatory," right? So for me, mm-hmm. it was kind of carving out a, carving out a space where I could um, dive into those I, those ideas and curiosities that I was having, um, and also mm-hmm. kind of a dual part of the title, um, kind of coming out of being homeless. Um, I had to have a reconciliation with God. And so uh, at that point, I was making a place to kind of reconsider some of, the, some of my spiritual life and some of the religious elements um, of my life that had kind of been under the rug for a while uh, prior to that when I was going through tough times. Um, so I was also making a mm-hmm. place for myself to talk about that and reinvigorate that relationship and kind of figure out what that looks like um, at this new stage of my life.
0: Wow, yes. And um, is writing more cathartic or painful for you?
1: I would say that it's a bit of both. Um, I think they come at different times. So for me, it's really like writing for me, it's about getting what's inside outside uh, in the most enjoyable way possible. So um, it just happens that like threading the needle between words and kind of weaving together distant ideas. I I have a craving for it um, and I do get a lot of fulfillment from it. Um, but there are times when I am challenged, you know, like, I do say like, man, I wish I wouldn't have to finish this poem. Right. And it's <laughs> like, I, I feel a responsibility as an artist to pursue those ideas when I feel like I have them and I've taken the time to write it down and it's something I should finish. Um, there is also a tug of war internally though, where um kind of wish some of those feelings didn't have to come out or I didn't have to flush those ideas out. And that's the, That's the double-edged sword of being a creative person, I think. Um, There is is a truth in the work. So sometimes that truth is painful, um, but it's also true. It can also be true that once that's out, it is cathartic. You do feel a release. You do feel satisfaction and fulfillment from that as well. And I would say that that's kind of how I experience my work.
0: Excellent. And then I'm just going to ask you, if you don't mind, to um, define the word cathartic for our listeners because uh, we have listeners here in the U.S., Canada, uh, Brazil, Romania, and Korea, South Korea.
1: Sure. So, yeah. So um, okay. For me, it's just a release of emotion. So it's it's the it's the purging of a feeling or an emotion. So that catharsis is the moment when you like let it all out. You know, if you watch a movie and you know people run to the top of the mountain and they feel like they've had that let it all out moment and you see them show, you know, throwing their hands up in the air, kind of like Rocky style. That's like a cathartic <laughs> moment, you know, that you, yes. uh, visually. Um, I just, and I feel that when I finish a piece or, you know, when I finish my book, I yes. felt that as well.
0: Got it. Thank you so much for that. Um, do you write for yourself or do you write for the readers?
1: I definitely write for myself. Um, the question I ask myself a lot, and this kind of goes back to your previous question, was how do I turn painful experience? Um, I found like nothing really good comes from me self-loathing and replaying bad memories over and over. Uh, so I write as a way to heal the hurt. Um, and I invite others to celebrate and enjoy the work that I do. But I think that for me, I always want to be able to look at what I've completed and say, like, I'm proud of it. It's something that I wanted to see in the world. Um and I've kind of always held this Gandhi phrase, be the change you want to see in the world, really close to me. Um, and so, like, I realize that we often sit around and wait our entire lives for somebody else to do stuff and make things that we like. But nobody's going to be able to architect your vision like you. So, for me, I I want to make sure that I'm making the things that, like, I want to see and that I'm expecting no one else is making because it's my idea. Oh, and if others do like it, then that's awesome. Yeah.
0: yeah. Absolutely. That's outstanding. Can you um – um? Please just repeat the Gandhi, you said a Gandhi phrase, I think.
1: Okay. Uh, Be be the change you want to see in the world.
0: Beautiful. Okay. Thank you so much. And uh, what was your experience like working with an indie press?
1: It was really uh, interesting. So I think I had a a window of time where I felt like I was going to self-publish my book um, and part of what led me not to do that uh, were, was the fact that there were illustrations. it was an illustrated collection. Um, and the formatting like issues were really challenging for me. Um, and I, yeah. I had this, I, I had a vision for I had a vision for the quality of work that I was going to put out, and I felt like in able to like in order for me to uh, reach that, I needed to work with people who had experience with formatting, uh, poetry with illustrations. Um had experience working with uh, the printer, the printers, and the distribution company. So it was really great for me. I had um, access to a great team of people at Atmosphere press, um and I've developed a relationship with a few publicists there, which has been super useful. Mm-hmm. Um, and i'm great I'm grateful because you know everyone knows the j k. Rowling story where she says how many times she got rejected. You know she got her books her books were rejected ton, dozens and dozens if not hundreds of times. Um, and like yeah. oddly enough, I submitted this manuscript to several publishers and Atmosphere Press just happened to be the one that accepted it. And so I'm yeah. for all forever be grateful for the opportunity to go through this process um, with the press. Yeah. And it just it made me a better writer. It's going to make me better for future projects. And it's also just uh, it's working on your own stuff collaboratively kind of like you're able to zoom out, you know, as. As, as a writer sometimes you can be laser focused on like each individual you know word letter um, but when you're working on your actual book from the perspective of like hey how do I get this on shelves and like the kind of other considerations you're able to appreciate I was able to appreciate the work even more and like understand the, the publishing process even more and like see the role of bookstores and libraries and um, review companies and uh, you know I was just able to kind of paint a broader picture for myself so now I feel like I'm more integrated into the into the space now
0: and can call myself an author. <laughs> yes, you can. Your, your writing is just fabulous. And I do encourage everyone to please pick up Damien's. Um, I don't have, I don't have a, a correct word for it, but the book is, is absolutely outstanding. Um, what, when, excuse me. When did you first call yourself a writer?
1: that's a man. Uh, so I've been writing since I was four. Uh, my mom oh. still has like some of my old poetry books from elementary school in her basement somewhere, uh, which is just mind blowing. Uh, and I think that I've always known that I liked word. I, I just loved words. I always felt that like I was able to, you know, it was interesting to me that you could put, use the same words and they, they could be funny or they could be serious. They could be whatever you could make mm-hmm. words in emotion and, you could, the way that you arrange them or the way that you take certain words away. I, I was always fascinated by that. And I kind of have treated it like a puzzle. Um, yes. I would say that I really started to call myself a writer in college, though. Um, I was working with professors, I was a sociology major, so I wasn't doing English or writing poetry at the time um, for school, but I always did it as a side project and I was doing slam poetry and um, poetry events, things like that on the side from school. but. I think when I started publishing like academic, like papers in academic journals, and I was working with professors and helping them with their book projects, um, I started to see like, hey, there's not too many steps between like what I'm helping them do and like what I feel capable of doing myself. And so, um, at that point, I think I started taking my writing more seriously. And like I had started a, a blog a long time ago that I didn't keep up with, um, but that in the beginning was where I started to get feedback. You know, posting those initial poems on Facebook. And getting feedback mm-hmm. from family and friends, I think that, like, it was just a moment where I realized, like, hey, people will read it. People may like it, you know. And, like, whether they like it or not, that's not really why you, why you should do it. You should do it because it's going to be a way for you to, you know, get your get your work out in front of the world and also just, like, I feel like um when I knew, I also had the revelation that, like, I had something to say. Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. I was able to put words and poems together, but until I felt like I had something to say, I didn't think that, like, I should be pursuing it full, full, like to, to the fullest. I feel like I should come out with, um, you know, come out with a message or a story that was going to resonate with people, um, and now is, I think now is probably the, the best time for this book to come out.
0: Yes, it is. And what keeps you motivated and positive?
1: Um. So I, I think that, I like, just life, you know, life's kind of idiosyncrasies and life's, you know, nuances, there's so much, there's so much inspiration all around, um, and I never really force myself to write. Uh, if I see, like, mm-hmm. you know, a piece of art that I like in a gallery or I'm just walking outside and, like, you know, funny enough, I'm, writing, I'm actually writing this poem now where, uh, about how I heard these squirrels when the leaves, like, the first few days the leaves fell. Um, the sound like of the squirrels running in like outside of my patio, I could hear them so loud. It almost sounded like elephant feet. Right. And it's like those same squirrels had probably been running around in the summertime, but it wasn't until the leaves fell when like, I started to hear, like, I could really hear them moving around. And I thought that was so fascinating. And that was just like something that like I just observed outside. And so I started writing a piece uh, about that. And like, that's kind of how it happened. Um, And I think that the fact that like, I don't, Say hey, I'm gonna write a poem every day, and I need to do it. like I don't make myself do it. I think it's it has allowed it to ha, has allowed writing to stay enjoyable for me um, because I'm not forcing myself. Yes, and then
0: um, uh, okay, wait, gosh, I had something else to ask, but it will come back. I also
1: say like coming coming back to the art. I think that yes, my decision. My decision to put illustrations in the book um, is because was like partially because art is so mysterious sometimes and and nuanced. Um, and I really love trying to figure out what an artist is thinking uh, when once they've made a piece. There's like kind of an adrenaline rush, even like walking around art galleries and stepping inside of like other people's minds. So working with Francesco was fantastic because I, I gave him like a lot of creative license um, to develop the illustrations kind of free of me telling him exactly what I wanted. Um, I've always found that my mm-hmm. collaborations work the best when, like, I'm given the space to kind of, like, show my expertise, and I also allow my collaborator my collaborator to do the same. Um, and obviously we go mm-hmm. through, an, you know, some iterative processes where, like, hey, maybe we should change this or that, or I, I was thinking this and maybe not that. But overall, yes. that process works super well for me because I feel like I get the best from that person, and they're also going to get the best from me, you know
0: yes absolutely um is it okay if we give a shout out to Francesco Orni? I don't know if I'm pronouncing absolutely. his uh his last name uh could you just uh give a little if you know it I'm not for certain i, I wish he was here too um is it Is it possible to uh just give a synopsis of the, the style of art or uh how exactly you both did collaborate? Because I do uh see surrealism in his artwork, um, but I also can appreciate the um, nature and kinda of like nature and man um I kind of could see those two in the art itself, like the tongue and the tree, or mm-hmm. um there was a few others, but you know, I don't know. So, just a little bit about the illustrator.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So he's uh, he was he was born in Livorno, Italy. Um, he currently lives mm-hmm. in Mexico City. Um, his name is Francesco Orzini, and uh, he does all kinds of art. Uh, I think that he probably was most influenced by surrealism. Uh, when we first mm-hmm. kind of connected, we. Aligned on the fact that we both love Salvador Dali. We also love Basquiat. Um, And I kind of. Um, I I don't know if you've ever uh, read the book. It's like the dark art of Dr. Seuss. Um, It's kind of, they're like old paintings that weren't in like any of the cartoons. Uh, um, And so like that, 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 that style, I think like it's super attractive to me. Um, And just like kind of, kind of for reasons, kind of for reasons that we I was, I mentioned earlier, just like the, the mystery. So when he and I started working together, I literally didn't say, I said, I sent him a, a batch of poems. I didn't send him the whole book. And I kind of just wanted to see like what he's, what he would come up with. Right. So like see his sketches. And I think that the most valuable thing about that, um, if you see the character that's on the cover, um, that was Francesco's idea. Right. So I didn't say, Hey, oh. make me a character. That's going to be salient throughout the book. He just sent me a graphic and that little guy was in one of the paintings. And, and then I, uh, I was like, Hey, we have to put him in all of them. Um, and so that just, that kind of initial part made the book much more cohesive, you know, because yeah. now, even if you don't, uh, even if you, uh, if you don't resonate with all the poems or like some of the languages, you know, make, makes you stumble at times, um, which yes. is perfectly fine. I, I. I think that's okay. Like, the pictures tell their own story, and that story aligns with the words because we made them in tandem. Sure. So I think that yeah. I think that it gives readers an opportunity to engage with the work in multiple ways, and that was yes. kind of the goal of this project.
0: Okay, excellent. Thank you so much. And then has publishing a book changed the way you see yourself?
1: Uh, yeah, in a sense, I would say that. Um, I felt a sense of completion because writing a book was something that was on my bucket list. So yeah. I always told my mom um, and my family that I would regret the day that I wasn't able to go look at my bookshelf and see my name on the spine of a book. And so mm-hmm. I think that just accomplishing, accomplishing this and, like, Really having this feeling I had when I first received the author copy, when I first got my first copy in the mail, it was like something landed out of space, you know. Like <laughs> I opened it and I didn't want to grab the book because it was something that was in my brain and then in my on my laptop and then in my hands, and that that's it was it was almost surreal uh, to use to just bring the word full circle, um, to the point where it took me like three hours before I actually read it the first time, you know, I just left that package sitting because I I just had to kind of like really reconcile the fact that like I, I brought this into the world. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think that like, that just makes it super powerful for me. And that's also why I wanted to start doing podcasts, um, because this is the part of the story I wouldn't have been able to share before completing the book. Right. So instead yeah. of coming on and coming on and talking about what it was to be homeless or like eating at the shelter or any of those things, instead of that, I wanted to be able to say all that stuff happened and I was able to funnel those experiences into something productive and positive. And here is the product. You can see it. You can read it. You can yes. buy it. And um, that to me is that that was the change. That's the change. I do I have that I have that because I had that cathartic moment when when I finally saw it in my hands. Um, And it did change my perspective on myself because I didn't have to beat myself up anymore about not achieving a a goal of mine, right? So I had delayed writing this book for for so long. Finally, when I finished it, I was able to really, like, not pat myself on the back but just feel a sense of, like, internal accomplishment. Like, I said I was going to do something and I did that thing um, and just be proud of that.
0: Absolutely. Um, What are some ways that you find peace?
1: I listen to a lot of music. Um, I watch a lot of movies. I spend time with my wife um, and my family. So I think that, like, for me, it's it's about just really being present wherever I am. So I think that one of the problems in my life before was that I wanted to always make whatever was happening next happen, right? So I was always trying to, like, say, I'm going to do this, and it's going to lead to this, and it's going to go to that, and I'm going to do that. And then you're always just chasing the next thing. When I flip the switch to say – Wherever I am, I want to be present, be here with the people that I'm here with, talking to the people that I'm here with, uh, listening and not just trying to find things to say so that I'm saying stuff. I think that that really, that has really helped me like silence a lot of the the nonsense that kind of floats around in in, in our brains sometimes and just focus on like the moment. Um, And when I couple couple that just with doing things, I actually, you know, I I love, I think that um, I really like that your podcast is called. Coffee chat because I love coffee. I have almost a coffee schedule, so um, I'm, about, I'm, I'm about an hour away from my afternoon coffee. So, you know, but just like even even that little that that little thing um, makes me happy. So, yes.
0: Damian, I, I I generally ask all my guests before the show is over, what is your favorite coffee or hot beverage? And how does it make you feel? But I'm going to ask you a little early, <laughs> since you already <laughs> went there. <laughs>
1: so, do you have My a favorite, favorite coffee? coffee?
0: Yes.
1: Oh man. Um, uh, I do I have a favorite coffee? Like a, like a yes. brand or a place or a, a, a roast? I mean, I have like yes. a, I drink all kinds of coffee.
0: Okay, so we'll, we'll just I'll, do top top two. I I like for example I, this morning I'm drinking Dunkin donuts correct okay. you know correct cup uh Dunkin donuts uh coffee brand and gotcha. I've added some hazelnut cream only to it uh, about a cup of teaspoons so that's pretty much um what I've had this morning, still sipping on it, actually.
1: <laughs>
0: so I'm just curious yeah, so I use, what type of coffee.
1: I, I usually use a Nespresso, uh, the Nespresso machine, um, yes. or I'll do a French press if I have, like, beans that I want to grind. Uh, we yes, have a lot of cool coffee shops uh, in Columbus. Like, there's a few, like Crimson Cups, Sweetwater Cafe. There's, uh, those are the ones I go to the, the most, probably. Um, but I'll buy I'll oftentimes buy beans from those places and just bring them home and grind them. Yeah. Um I've used a Chemex, you know, I however okay. you can make coffee, drip, pour over. <laughs> yeah, however you can make coffee, <laughs> i wanna make it. Um I I typically use oat milk creamer since we're getting specific. Okay, uh, yes. Easier in my belly for whatever reason. Okay.
0: All right. Excellent. Thank you so much for yeah. Uh, contributing your response to coffee chat show here all right uh, we're going to move on to our next question uh, great is there a second book on the way
1: there is absolutely a second book on the way um, yes I have I have been writing the second book since I submitted the first book um, it was interesting okay. so I I'll tell you, I'll tell a little story about my writing process. um, If you don't, if you want to hear.
0: Yes, I do. We all want to hear it. Let's go.
1: (laughs) I felt like (laughs) one of the things that held, held me back like in college and grad school from completing a book um, was like, I would never be satisfied with the work and I would just like, either like throw it away or never go back to it um, just scratch out the whole page (laughs) and be upset. Um, And so for, This project, I actually wrote each poem by hand on a notebook, and I didn't read it again until I had finished all of the poems I set out. I had a number of poems I wanted to put in the book, and until I had written all of those on paper in a notebook, um, I didn't edit or reread any of them. And, like, that was the first time I made myself a body of work, and I realized, like, that process works for me. Um, So I'm kind of doing the same thing right now. So I have, I'd say, like, 15 to 20 poems um, that are probably – already roughly decent enough to be, to be uh, in, in, that, in that next project, um, and I have a ton of ideas that I'm still fleshing out. Uh, but I, think I would say that the next book will be similarly themed, um, but I'm going to dive deeper. So that I'll, I'll, I'll add a lot more pers- – there's going to be a lot more personal accounts um, and kind of just like picture painting and giving people an even deeper look into where some of the ideas from the book won, like how they came about. From like real life stories in my life, which I kind of felt was feedback um, that I've got, you know, even from my book launch, like people are like I want more, and I think that's great. Um, <laughs> but as an artist, you you have to also like make sure that you're not just like giving more without curating that as well. So like for me, like okay. this discovery and like all the information that people will get kind of about this journey will is going to be curated through my work. So anyone who like stays up to date with what I'm with what I'm doing will. By nature, beginning to know me better um and naturally just seeing a wider scope of my story
0: that's outstanding, so it's going to be more from Damien White. again, I want to remind the audience that the name of the book is "I Made a place for you." Do you happen to have um your book on hand or not I do. Not, not now, okay, could you? Just um select one of the poems and read it before we say goodbye because we have uh let's see here, three minutes left.
1: Sure. Thank um, you. I will read a poem I'll read a poem called Good Morning. All right. Thank you. Are we soot, impure, black, and better suited for sadness? contrary if all things be considered impartially. We are soil, basal, vital, and better suited for sunshine. Good morning.
0: Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you. I really love to hear it in the author's voice. (laughs) when When they write, you know, I love to hear you all read your own work aloud. And so um, all of our our wonderful listeners um, have probably learned so much about you, at least I I would think so. And I did want to go into um, some of your, I have a little time here. Let me see. I'm curious, lastly, about your support system and also what is your creative process? If we could have those in about thirty seconds or so each.
1: Yeah, sure. So I I have um you know I have a team, you know, not not necessarily a team, but I have people I trust that I feel comfortable reaching out to about my work. So they're, you know, people I've worked with from school or or whether it's just like editors I've worked with on other others' project other projects or designers or freelancers. Um my goal is always to put out the best project. <laughs> Sorry. So I'm trying. I, I'm trying to bring the best team together um, at, at all times. Um, so for me, it's like yeah. if I'm around people who have the same energy as me, same goals as me, and also want to put out the their best work. I think that we always align and work, and it, it will always work out. So I'm I'm approaching my future work like that, and that's how I've approached uh, this project as well.
0: Excellent, excellent. So I am. Thank you. Thank you very much.
1: Try to keep it short <laughs> thank for you. you. I know (laughs) Um,
0: Okay so what I do want to do is Thank you so much for gracing my Studio with all of your Wisdom and just your Presence it's just been such a Uplifter Um, And I'm going to say Goodbye for now and thank you Again
1: Well thank you again for having Me Pleasure
0: thank you Damien bye bye for now Okay, everyone, we have only 23 seconds left, so I must say goodbye. I did not want to let Damien, our writer, go, but uh, I definitely want to have him back for season four, season three of Coffee Chat with Camille. Okay, so I hope everyone has a beautiful Sunday and an excellent week. Bye for now.
1: Douglas is one of many who found a new life through Seattle's Union Gospel Mission. I was living on the streets when I heard this guy talk about how he got clean and sober at the mission. So I decided to give it a try. I could feel something working inside of me and I knew I was getting better. Today, my number one goal is to stay clean and sober.
0: And grace will lead.